0: This conversation originally aired on Koinonia, which can be heard Monday through Friday at 2 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360 in Phoenix or online at faithtalk1360.com.
1: All right. When you do vacations and you back them up back to back, uh, it can seem like it's been forever. I'm relearning how to run all the controls in here. Uh, (laughs) And uh, I can still dial a phone. So I was able to uh, connect up with Focus on the Family. Time for Plugged In. And uh, Bob Waloszewski reintroducing ourselves. Uh, I have to say, when you sent me the response to my email, hey, are we on today? That made me laugh out loud. It's just like, who oh, are you
0: again? It was, because it's been a few weeks, and like I, it, right? I could not resist the, yeah, it. And was for fun. our listeners, you know. it's like, who is this? Yeah. Is it's, this
1: spam? Uh, yeah. we add, Tommy Brown, that sounds like a fake name. It does, doesn't it? And my wife, Mary, yeah, yeah really, sure you are. Uh, it is such a delight. And it, this really exposes, though, what, even though we have never personally met, what uh, the intimate medium of radio can be, and and it's we have a relationship, even though we've never actually met.
0: I know it is. It's it's crazy. And I have that with with a few others that I get a chance to talk to that I, I consider friends of mine. Right. Friends of mine that we've never done eyeball-to-eyeball eyeball contact. Yeah. But, you know, as much time as we have spent together, quote-unquote, you know, um, right. week after week after week, and then off-air, you know, comments where we're asking, hey, how was vacation? How would it turn out for this? And, yeah. you know, you
1: learn things about people. A- and, so. and you, you kind of go through the ups and downs, and then there's – Also, social media added onto it, and it gives you even a a, a higher level of thinking that you're plugged in when you're really not. But (laughs) uh, it it is a delight to have you back, and uh, we're going to talk about a few films today. But uh, I, I just wanted to say up front that it's just good to hear your voice.
0: Thank you sir. Just good. And to hear I your know voice. you've been in England and I know that yes. sounds like a and tremendous Yes. And I came back with no
1: accent. That's that's, that's
0: pretty good. good. Yeah. Well actually I don't know if that's good because if there's one accent that I think is kind of cool yeah. it's that Brit Aussie mm-hmm. yeah. you know
1: so those, those which I can do. And uh, my wife is big on ancestry and we genetically oh, are right. 69% Anglo-Saxon which is a higher percentage of British than most people living in Britain. Than probably Churchill was. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And <laughs> no. I went to his birthplace too, just as one <laughs> of those you? things I did. Okay. And C. S. Lewis. And... Yep. I was there. I went to Eagle and Child. You yep. know. So anyway, we should probably get the. Yeah, we better talk because yeah, uh, Tyler couple. Perry's got another rendition of uh, his a media film. It's just. Yeah, you know, he just keeps cranking them out. And, and does. it doesn't cost him a whole lot, right? What? So it doesn't have to be a huge box office smash. And this one is, though. And that's the thing.
0: This one came out last Friday. It's called Boo, uh, Tyler Perry's Halloween. Um, number one film in the nation. It Beat Jack Reacher, which most critics wow. did not see coming. I, you know, I, you know, the Tyler Perry's one of those unique guys. He d- never screens his films in advance for the press. I don't care if you're Billboard, Variety magazine, L.A. Times, doesn't matter. He doesn't care. He just knows he's got a word of mouth, and he's got his own little marketing thing, and he'll always be in the top ten, usually in the top five, and this time the top one. Wow! So how does it stack up, and what's it about? It it highlights a father played by Tyler Perry struggling to raise two kids. Mainly, we see him trying to raise this teenage daughter she doesn't respect her dad she basically ignores him no matter what he tells her to do and especially when she wants to go to this halloween party at a frat house and he says no you can't go she's going to go and sneak out and doesn't matter what now frat house is important here tom for a couple reasons mainly because uh the laughs if or the jokes if i can, can use that in quotes, really, come from a frat boy's sort of humor. Hmm. For instance, we've got this pot-smoking little old lady character, friend of Medea, who's always flashing her miracle medical marijuana card uh we <laughs> never quite get into it but we're supposed to you know led to believe that however she finagled and the told the doctors she had something we all know all she wants to do is get high um there's sleazy dialogue is pretty constant and yet as tyler perry is so apt to do there's an incredibly clear presentation of the gospel in this film um it, you just kind of go wow I like that. And and then the father-daughter issue that I've already talked about, by the end of the film, because Medea is the wise wor- words of wisdom, despite her many problems, um, she does tell the dad how to be a better parent and put his foot down and and uh, and be a dad. Yeah. And he does. And it's like, okay, well, that ended okay. But with all the trappings, and I mean negative trappings, around what, again this gospel presentation and good fathering it only gets a 2 and and uh and that might be a generous 2 wow that's a surprise you well, you know Tyler's Perry's films have been getting better in my opinion I've been watching it, and I'm thinking you know give it give him 10 years and maybe we'll have <laughs> a, a Kendrick's brothers but yeah. this was a step way back mm. um it was almost like um like it his very beginning stuff you wow. know um, so I was very disappointed with it, is what I'm trying and, to say. And
1: then having the you know the gospel presentation in there, just it's just it's weird to see, you know that uh, diametrically opposed uh, content. And
0: yeah, it, it, and yet I I understand God's word doesn't go void, mm-hmm. and there's going to be, you know millions of people watching this film. I pray that um Lord please help them hear the gospel yeah. and miss some of the other yuck. Yeah. And I'm sure that's why he does it. I'm sure he feels really good about getting the gospel in. Yeah. And uh but I
1: I just have a different approach. Well Tom Hanks in another one of uh Dan Brown's writing and I'm thinking that the movie has come out long enough after reading the book that I've probably forgot enough that the movie, you know, might have some surprises. But uh, how is it for family friendliness?
0: Yeah, I'm going to go back and start this answer in 2006 when Dan Brown's book, The Da Vinci Code, came to the big screen. Um, When we heard that, and of course, we many of us had read the book or did very shortly because we'd heard some things how it really was bashing um christianity mm-hmm, stepping mm-hmm. on a lot of sacred toes for yep. instance you know jesus had this secret wife that right. had all they had all these kids and down through the ages there's been descendants of jesus and you know you just kind of go oh no oh no and, and and uh and that wasn't it was his attacked his divinity. So we gave that film a zero. Well, I'm happy to say now, fast forward to today, that none of that Jesus bashing is in this new one. This is basically a rollicking mystery filled with hidden secrets and underground tunnels and lots of cool scenery. So Tom Hanks character, Robert Langdon, wakes up in Florence, Italy um, with a gunshot wound on his scalp. No memory of what's happened the last 48 hours. Pretty soon somebody's running through the hospital gunning people and killing doctors and looking to kill him. And his young woman doctor, lady doctor, helps smuggle him to safety and then the next thing you know, there's, finds out there's a pathogen that's about ready to be unleashed on the planet that could wipe out half the population. Although some plot holes here, for instance, if you're going to release a pathogen to kill everybody, would you not want to go to maybe like the airport or right. a soccer game yeah. or, or or something like that instead they got a very different idea and how it should be done didn 't quite work for me, but I give it a little credit there. We gave it a three, not a thumbs up, not a thumbs down, a little bit of sensuality, a little bit of foul language, a little bit of bloody violence, nothing over the top.
1: some families are going to love it, some families are going to go eh, i think we 'll stay away all right then, and uh, we have a limited release film that is actually here in Phoenix. That uh, you'd like to talk about called New Life? Yes, it stars Erin
0: Bathia. She was the lady in Fireproof, the ah, Kurt yes. Cameron Right, the wife. Uh, wife, yes. yes. And it also stars Terry O'Quinn from Lost. Um, and it's a love story, and it's not between those two, Aaron Bathia and a younger guy, not Terry O'Quinn. It's a love story between Aaron's character and a guy that they meet his children, they fall in love later in life, and then Aaron's character gets cancer. Now, despite the subject material, I really like this film. Enjoy is probably not the right word. Because it's hard to enjoy a film about watching someone suffering with cancer. But like is, the love story is sweet. The story is probably all too common, the fact, the cancer part. But the relationship part is extraordinary, and it's it's refreshing to see. Um, we're not talking about this one on our website, so this is not one that people, I can say for extra information, read our longer review because it's only playing in about 10 theaters across the whole United States of America. I'm just talking about it here in Phoenix because it is playing in Phoenix. I liked it, um, if you, especially if you, if you have a family member that might be dealing with a terminal illness or a potential. Um, just watching this kind of love story play out was, was refreshing.
1: All right, and uh, we've got several minutes left here, and since we, we missed so many weeks of uh, uh, time together, there was one that I wanted to ask you about, and I didn't, didn't give you a heads up, but I think you'll be okay. It's the uh, Pure Flix release, I Am Not Ashamed. Obviously, uh, all of you there in, in, in Colorado have a more intimate uh, knowledge of the, the real story, uh, which this is based, but uh, what did you think of I Am Not Ashamed?
0: Yeah, and your Pure Flix friends are just down the street, I guess, yeah. a block or two or something like that. Anyways, in the same town. But what a great story. This tells us it came out last Friday, so it's now a week old. It did pretty well for being on a 505 screens it took in $900,000. So it's respectable. The film itself was extraordinary. Rachel Joyce Scott was the very first person to be shot in the Columbine shootings back in 1999. Now, I can sense that maybe some listeners just went, nope, don't think I want to go see that film about yeah. Columbine shooting. But let me just say you might want to reconsider for a couple of reasons. Number one, 90 percent of the film is not about the shooting. It's about Rachel Joy Scott herself rebuilt. They re they build a story from her journal and uh, she was quite a, a, she journaled quite a little bit between what her mother could fill in the gaps and what the journal did and what some eyewitness account when we got to the shooting part. There's a lot of story right there, some good story, story of what teens are going through what we went through. You know, who am I in this world? What's my purpose? Does anybody care? I feel lonely. Can I date a non-Christian even though I'm a Christian? Because if I don't date him, there's nobody else who cares about me. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, should I go to this party? I don't really want to drink, but if I don't go, I'll just be sitting by myself. I don't want to do that. I mean, I could so relate because I became yeah. a Christian at 15. And I remember going through some of these same struggles as Rachel Joy Scott. And by the time the f- she's at the very end of the film, before she loses her life, you just really thought she has grown a lot in the Lord. And, and yes, she has struggles, but who doesn't? Even as adults, we all struggle. And I loved her faith. It plays out so well, so genuine. I'm looking forward to seeing her in eternity. And when we do get to the shooting part tom and of course it does happen it's not gruesome now so hollywood can portray that in so many different ways but this way was was it happens the screen goes fades to black and then we come back and and there's some words from her after she's been shot but it's not gruesome it's it's I, i i liked it if i had a teenager all over again I would tell my teenager, hey, let's go see this one together. This is a good film.
1: Sounds good. I'd seen some cutouts. I've not seen the final product. And, I, boys, they were so moving. It just seemed to be so powerful. Glad to hear it got four out of five uh, yeah. from Plugged In. Uh, Bob, thanks, as always, for your time. Thank you, Tom. For questions or comments, please email
0: tom at faithtalk1360.com. That's tom at faithtalk1360.com.